Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, your hostess with the mostest, guide from the side, and mistress of ceremonies. Together, we're about to explore and deconstruct the shame and stigma surrounding our sexuality. You heard that right. We're going deep on the topics of sex, relationships, spirituality, health, and everything else that impacts our ability to live, love, and orgasm freely. My hope is to shine a light on our shared experiences by normalizing taboo topics and empowering each of you to reclaim autonomy of your pleasure, your bodies, and your lives. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where I ask all the uncomfortable and embarrassing questions for you. Our unofficial mantra is be curious, not judgmental. So leave your inner prude at the door or strap her in tight because this is happening. humans. Welcome back or welcome for the very first time to Nothing Confidential, the podcast where we are normalizing conversations around female sexuality, shedding the light on dark corners, making things less scary, getting rid of shame and stigma and all the messy nasties that keep us from being in our bodies and living our best lives and having the kind of sex we want and everything else. Women sometimes, you know, we have a a hard time. (laughs) And I am hoping that the types of conversations that I am having here on this platform are offering you empowerment and inspiration and education and maybe even a little bit of entertainment. So I am blissed out, I mean blissed out to offer you today's guest, Alexandra Roxo. Alexandra is an author and a spiritual teacher. She's an artist and she is a mentor. Alexandra's path to healing, her search for the divine feminine, and storytelling began at a young age with a career traversing genres, but with a through line of exploration of the female body and the reintegration of the divine feminine into the collective narrative. Alexandra has been making art, writing, and been a devotee of this path for nearly two decades. She's been featured on TV shows such as Slut Ever on Viceland, Sex Life on Epics, YouTube shows, podcasts, and international publications for her work in the field of feminine healing and spirituality. Named a modern spiritual leader by Well and Good, she sees clients one-on-one and mentorship. She does retreats around the world, teaches monthly online in her online community, Radical Awakenings. Her healing and coaching work and ideas on healing and spirituality have been featured in the New York Times, Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, The Guardian, Nylon, Playboy, and many other international publications. Also, debuting with the publisher Sounds True, her very first book, Fuck Like a Goddess, Heal Yourself, Reclaim Your Voice, and Stand in Your Power came out yesterday, okay? It came out yesterday. It's so fresh. It's so hot. It's so full of transformational concepts. And how about that title, y'all? Like, do you not want to know what she means by and how to fuck like a goddess? Because I sure do. Uh, I am just beyond, beyond honored that Alexandra said yes when I approached her to about sitting down and getting into just the honest, open, heart-centered variety of conversation that I love to have uh, on this podcast. She was so generous, both with her time and her energy. She was insightful and, God, like, I literally, literally the whole time we were talking, 
I felt I just felt like the emoji with its like brains blowing up like the top of its head was just like blowing off like that if I had to describe with an emoji what this conversation did for me it was that it just like blew my mind open I think all of us you know especially when we're on a path of evolution healing personal development you kind of at some point I know at least for me you hit a comfort zone where you feel like you've done so much hard and painful and messy and honest and true work that you almost want to take a break. Like you get to a comfy point and you're like, you know, I could hang out here for a couple of years and like not have to um, shine the light on anything else or get uncomfortable again or shake things up or, you know, rip the bandaid off of another sore place that I've been ignoring. I just, I think it's really normal to eventually get tired of like pain and suffering and discomfort and to want to be comfortable for, for, for a while. And I don't think anything is wrong with that. But what tends to happen though, is that I think for me, I get a little apathetic and I, I, I start to repeat basically my, my biggest, like the highlights of my biggest learnings where eventually I'm just repeating the same thing over and over. I'm just regurgitating the same thing over and over. I don't have anything fresh. I don't have anything new. And then you meet someone like Alexandra who is vibrating on such a high fucking level that she just like being with her makes you uncomfortable, but in the best way. It like my brain was whirling the whole time we were talking. Everything she was saying was hitting on familiar places in my soul, but asking them to rise to a higher expression, if that makes sense. And I felt like I had so many personal ahas. I mean, you guys know that a lot of times I approach these conversations from a hashtag asking for a friend place where I'm thinking of all the things that maybe that you guys want to know. I'm thinking of what I would want to know if I were you. And I try to ask those questions. But this conversation, I was really personally, deeply engrossed in and everything she was saying was just hitting home for me. And so I personally received a ton of insight and expansion and inspiration and healing even around some of the topics that we discuss and some of the perspective, the fresh and different and interesting and deeply profound perspective that she shared on some of the things that I bring up in this interview. We go all over the place. We talk about all of the things and I like, I'm not even going to give you a rundown just because you just need to get into it. You need to get into the conversation. We do obviously talk about her book, fuck like a goddess out everywhere. As of right now, uh, please go and get that book. The concepts in it are going to change your freaking life. And I, it's literally sitting um, at home. I pre-ordered it. I haven't read it yet, but I have listened to enough conversations about it. And after talking to Alexandra, like I literally cannot wait to get home and dive into it. P.S. If anyone wants to do a book club, hit me up. I will post about this and I'm very serious about it. If anyone wants to old school book club, fuck like a goddess with me. I want you to hit me up right after this episode or hit pause and send me a DM and let me know and we will fucking get that set up because it will be, not only will it be hella fun, I feel like virtual book club with like wine and snacks, 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I'm literally not going to keep you from this conversation a second longer. Please listen deeply, take notes, take it into your body, feel it with your spirit, feel it with your heart, feel it with your honeypot and let us know what you get out of it. And definitely go look up Alexandra on all of the channels. I will drop everything you need to know in the show notes. Love you guys doing it for you, doing it for me. Let's all get out there and uh, learn how to fuck like a goddess. Yeah? Okay. Okay, to the computer. Okay. Okay. The spirits just shut us down, guys. It's cool. We're just gonna, we're gonna like start over. This is... Welcome, guys. Welcome to Nothing Confidential, where all kinds of things happen. It is mm-hmm. a space. It is a space where it is all welcome and invited, and we are just trying to be in flow here and get our downloads as we go. But I am here with the incomparable Alexandra Roxo, and I'm going to repeat some of the things I said before because cool. you guys don't know the difference, and they you need to hear them, okay? So first of all, Alexandra is such an expansive, incredible wonderful teacher and mentor. And I mean, like energetically for me, this is a woman who I've been following for a couple of years now, since about 2017, since Krista and Lindsay from almost 30 brought her into my life, like so many other wonderful Mm -hmm. people and shout out Mm. to them. Also love them. And she is just a cosmic wild woman and she is a priestess and she is an author and she's a mover and she's a shaker. And she is just dismantling so many you know shameful and stigmatic beliefs around you know our femininity and our sexuality and how we can really be both in the holiest parts of those and also in the darkest more like mystical parts of those and that is something that i have a lot of conversation around in my own life and something that we have a lot of conversation around on this podcast. And so for all of those reasons, I am just so thrilled to have you here. And I'm just grateful that you said yes. And I'm so excited to share you and your book. That's a carrot. I'm going to dangle it right now. There's a book. It's coming out this week. The week that this airs is called Fuck Like a Goddess. Yes, it is. You need to go get it right now. And we're going to get to it. We're going to get to the book. There's a lot, guys. If you can't feel my energy, I've been like dreaming of this conversation and there's a lot. So I'm going to like <laughs> slow myself down, like settle because I'm so jazzed and I am going to let you hear Alexandra's magical voice. Alexandra, mm-hmm. thank you for being here. Hi. <laughs> thank you so much. And you know, just to let you guys know, we had started recording the podcast and then I think that we had a spiritual shutdown. So sometimes like... I don't know. It's also Mercury retrograde, right? So it's like, um, I do think sometimes that like, I'll, I'll record like an epic voice note for a friend. It'll vanish into the dust and I'll just Mm. be like, that's exactly what needed to happen. For some reason, something in that voice note didn't, you know, wasn't meant to be sent out into the ethers. And like, obviously that's like a really great way to look at things because it's like always for the better yeah (laughs) it's a lot less frustration if you look at it that way um but you guys like it was it was um the oddest thing it was we were just rolling right along and my computer is 100 percent charged everything's like ready to go because i'm doing an interview and my screen froze like both of our faces froze the audio froze and i couldn't do anything but like hard shut down my computer and restart it that's the only way i could get out of it 
But I was saying that, like, I was talking about something that was kind of intense, and then maybe it's a little too too intense. So sometimes, like, I do think my my spirit guides are like, wait, 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 rock. So, like, let's let's take it slow here. They're like, let's ease them in. Let's lube up first, okay? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I will say, yeah. Where do you feel like you should start now that we're yeah round two? well, I'll say that I've been on an artistic, you know, a creative and spiritual path for a very long time. Um, and that my femininity has been a core, like, kind of um, central element of both of those paths. And so I'll get a bit more specific. Um, in my spiritual path, it's like I always had this kind of spiritual gaze towards the world. I'm a, I'm a Pisces and we are inherently mystical. So, um, you know, I had this kind of like otherworldliness, I think that I experienced about myself and my life and um, the sensitivity in a way. And I grew up in a home where my mother fostered that as well. Like we played intuition games and she took me to a spiritual teacher and an angel worker, seer and, you know, so she was always kind of like pulling me into that space. Like she was a typical kind of like new age mother who was also like a Presbyterian, you know, and um, <laughs> so we so were like, yeah, yeah, we go to church on Sundays and then like she would give me a Lemurian seed crystal or something, you know, <laughs> so it's kind of like that movie Practical Magic, but like a little less witchy maybe, mm-hmm. um, but so, so she kind of got me started on my spiritual path, but I already like had it in me because I remember like praying and talking to God and really believing and feeling like there was something else, you know, that, that we didn't live in some sort of like world that had no before and after, you know, like that there, I felt like there was a before and an after and that there was a through line of some sort of sense of truth or love or, you know, there was something, you know, um, and then artistically and creatively, like as a woman, I, I was like trained to be a singer and a dancer and to be in my feminine and to perform and to like find beauty. And that had a shadow side as well, because, you know, there's a lot of like conditioning and and sort of like whiteness and sort of like, Um, oppression in that but then there was a lot of beauty in that as well because it made me into an artist from a very young age like I was dancing ballet and then singing and then choreographing and then um, directing and then I ended up going to school for acting and you know we did embodiment work where you know it was really like learning how to see my body as a tool and an instrument and my voice and how to tell stories and how to influence culture by telling stories and um so that then became interwoven with with how i was experiencing women's narratives in the world and especially around our sexuality and femininity so those the the path like of my personal artistry and in my spirituality and my creativity have always been sort of like my life's mission and and then there's a like thick erotic element to that so the way that I sort of constructed and like allowed my life to unfold has been around those elements not so much around like this is what I want to be when I grow up or this is like my life goals but it's like where's the thread of my creativity and my my spirituality leading me 
how is it awakening and unfolding and and where's like femininity and the erotic kind of you know weaving through that um so yeah so that led me to new york city it led me to be an actor it led me to be a director it led me to write a web series and do documentaries and then um to write articles and then eventually to write a book <laughs> yeah. yeah which we are celebrating we're celebrating today and this week and you know, it's, it's so funny because the listeners know that this is July is my birthday month. I am a cancer rising Gemini moon. I have a lot of the Gemini side that comes out, uh, but it's my, it's also my Saturn return. It's my 30th birthday. Oh, wow. And the fact that I kind of, this month is different than any other in the way that I didn't actually plan the content for this month. I didn't have things saved to like release on a certain date. I was like, I want this month to just be things that are like extremely meaningful for me and stuff has just dropped in. And mm -hmm. so the fact that I, like I reached out to you via email, like tried to go official channels, like through your team or whatever, like a long time ago, mm -hmm. assuming you were very busy and all the things, never made a connection. And then I just got a hit one day to literally send you a DM on Instagram and it worked out that I was able to speak to you this month oh. like, and just have it out. So yeah, it's all- so It's not even personal. It's just cause like we- Oh no, know, no, 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 no. somebody working for me. Yeah. And that's not like, oh man, her people didn't get back to me. It's more like, obviously I believe in the timing of everything like, yeah. very much. Exactly. So I'm like, we were meant to connect the second that we connected. And for you to be having this conversation here with us, you know, right now, like I think that that is so key. And I know, cause I I've, you know, heard a couple of the other early interviews you've done just about the book and just the book got actually pushed out. It wasn't supposed to be coming out this month. It was supposed to come out earlier and you know, it didn't. And so it's coming out. Um, I think you were saying what I was cracking up about is you were saying that originally the book was going to be a Taurus. Is that right? Yeah. And now it's a Leo. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, like, like, tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> well, both of my parents are Tauruses and my Chiron is in Taurus. And so like, I thought, oh, of course, it makes sense. My book's a Taurus, and like, there's so much of my parents and like in it, and um, and then I was like, wait a minute, it actually makes more sense as a Leo. It's like, look at me. It's like this hot pink cover yeah, of the book, it's and it's just like, look at me. <laughs> okay, I'm asking this out of like curiosity because I have no idea. So I'm like. I don't know, like 80% woo, maybe. What is, did you say your Cairo? What did you Chiron. say? What is that? Okay, so in astrology, Chiron is the archetype of the wounded healer. So it's the place where we take our wound and we sort of convert it into healing and then we usually like help others with it. So mm. mine is in Taurus. So, you know, pleasure, sensuality, um, the senses really big time. And my parents are so into like all of that. They're like yeah. super sensual humans. Um, I love that. And um, yeah, so I've had a lot of healing around that, around the body, around mm -hmm. the senses, around food, pleasure, mm. you know, sex, all of it. So interesting. I wonder, because I know nothing about that. I wonder if I, if that's similar for me only because like my human design and like a lot of my stuff is around like my, you know, um, sacral chakra. And I have like a ton of energy that comes from there. And like all of my like readings and things that I've ever gotten were very much around like sensuality, sexuality, deeply connected. And something that I actually really relate to in your story is that you were, um, you know, raised in the South as, you know, a Christian. And I came from the same background, um, North Carolina, and definitely raised in the purity culture, Bible Belt situation. And, um, but also having that, like, 
you'd mentioned before having an intense experiencing intense love of like God and sex from like a really early age and having that. And I remember that like really viscerally, like as a little girl, I completely remember that. And I think there are definitely a lot of women just because that's my story. And I think women are, have been drawn to the podcast because of that. That's obviously not all of it, but I do have a lot of listeners, I think who are, have survived purity culture and are seeking to deepen their connection to their sexuality. They are seeking to feel safe in their bodies because we were conditioned that it is not safe to be in our bodies. And it's also not safe for other people for us to be in our bodies and fully in our power. And also healing, you know, the deep shame, the deep shame around all of these things. And you recently posted a quote that I really loved. Um, and this is, was at the top of my list of stuff I wanted to talk to you about. You said, so let's make friends with shame and look into our shadows until there is no longer anything to be afraid of. Can you speak to what you mean by mm -hmm. that? And just like the process of making friends with shame. Cause I think even for me in the work that I've been doing, when I talk about shame, I'm always like, let's eradicate shame. Let's dissolve shame. You know, right. we use these very strong words, like let's get rid of it. Like that's how mm -hmm. I've always felt. And that was, it just like stopped me in my tracks. It was the first time I'd ever like thought mm -hmm. of it or seen it from that lens. And I really, really connected to it. And I just wanted to hear like your heart on that. Mm. Well, some of the traditions that I've studied, the spiritual traditions, there's some like tantric Buddhist tradition um, that sort of speaks to this and um, sort of different, different branches of Tantra in, in general, not the Neo Tantra, like the, the sort of Westernized not that one um, yeah <laughs> but the one the ones that are like strips still streaming from these eastern roots but so i think some of the concepts that i learned is just like oh instead of trying to get rid of the things that hurt the most it's like you sort of give yourself to them you offer yourself to them you uh, make love to them you befriend them you see that there's actually like great wisdom there and um, that there's some sort of gift waiting there. And it probably isn't going to present itself by you being like, fuck you, shame. But instead being like, what is this shame telling me? Like I felt a pang of jealousy this week and around like my, the relationship that I'm in and and I was like, ooh, this is great. Like, I felt like, what is this jealousy telling me? I was like, this jealousy is telling me I really care about this person. Ooh, it's really kind of hot in a way. Um, and I didn't get kind of lost in there. Um, instead, I, I made friends with that jealousy in that moment. And I, and I let it be like a little infusion of energy in my internal cocktail, mm -hmm. as opposed to getting sort of taken on a ride by it and I think that the same could be with shame it's like oh how interesting I'm ashamed of like how big my ass is right now like ooh, what is that telling me you know and it's like how could I befriend you know the part of me that's like actually like potentially able to take up space as a woman in my deep womanness outside of the status quo that I've been presented. And um, I think that that would only come from like pulling that shame close and going like, oh, come here, like, let me look at you. What's this about? Like, 
why is this here? You know, with love instead of like, mm. ah. yeah. you know, instead of fighting ourselves, I think we fight ourselves so much, you know? Mm. That's so much. <laughs> That's so, so much. much. It's so much. I just it's look so at good. each of those moments as an opportunity of just like, I, you know, you have to have a certain level of awareness and mind training in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep doing the daily meditation, but to be able to really quickly see when those voices come in and to go, oh, how interesting. Feeling shame. Oh, how interesting. I'm feeling jealousy. Ooh. You know, and it's like, if you don't know and you're not conscious that that like you're kind of getting sucked into that vortex then the next thing you know you're just in the vortex and like you might not notice for another hour and then you're like oh shit i've been sort of like in this shame vortex for an hour but if you can catch it at the beginning then you can kind of like consensually go on a ride with awareness but it that takes a lot of practice you know yeah um but then you can go like, ooh, okay, I'm going to sit with this guilt. Yeah. I'm going to let it like work me a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. I wish you guys, like I wish that I used a medium for video because like I got a little bit turned on when she did that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I want that to work me also. Um, and it sounds like you're definitely co-creating with curiosity a lot. It's like, you're just kind of offering, you're like, I have this awareness and I'm like bringing in curiosity instead of just like signing up for the class on shame or jealousy or whatever. I'm like, curiosity, would you mind like, like explaining, (laughs) explaining this to me? Would you be the three in our sum and come on in and like, tell us what is happening here? (laughs) Um, no, that's, I mean, that's exceptionally profound and. That's so, that's like so much. I'm going to be laying awake thinking about it that tonight in bed, you guys, just so that you know, <laughs> my brain, like my wheels are like turning because that's, I feel like that's a piece that has really been missing even from my personal internal language. Like I've been, I feel like I've been on this like hot streak for the last two years, you know, and the messaging that felt so like powerful and liberating, like when I started two years ago, or it was like, you know, exactly what I was saying before, like eradicate shame, like blah, 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 blah. That felt really empowering. And then like this year, and I, I'm, it is no coincidence for like where I am and all of the things this year that didn't feel like it just, it felt old and like it wasn't effective language anymore. And I was just like seeking like my brain and my body and like my spirit were like seeking for new language to continue the work. Cause I felt like I'd kind of run to the end of that. And then I saw that like post from you and I was like, okay, now we're done trying to like eviscerate shame. And now we want to forgive and like make up and make nice and make friends with shame. And that's like a totally different lens to work that stuff through, which is, I mean, it's life changing. Like you have, mm. you have to, you have to shift that position eventually, like in order to keep evolving. Um, and I'm just really like, I didn't realize that I needed that. And there it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I feel like that kind of leads me into, so just so you guys know who are listening, I, I sent her a voice memo and I was like, look, I don't know what's going to happen. Cause I have so many things that I could talk to her about. I'm like, I don't know where this is going to go. We have like mm-hmm. a finite amount of time. So I'm just going to trust and like be led down the bullet points or maybe those will get thrown out and I'll do something totally different. Um, but this leads me into definitely we're going to go ahead, like dive into your book. Cause 
there is something that you talk about in the book. And then I also, you know, heard a bit of a conversation. Um, I think it was when you were having with uh, Natalie Miles, maybe. So you think you're intuitive, which was so good. Uh, I'll link that in the show notes. You guys should listen to that also. <laughs> and you were talking about this, this moment that all women are really familiar with. Um, and especially when it comes to shame, we, we have a lot of shame locked in our bodies. We are caught up because of the conditioning about what our bodies look like. And we all go through multiple like reasons for not being in the mood and like not feeling it. And we, you know, a lot of the conversations we have on this podcast are just around like how to embrace your sexuality and have more sex and have better sex and, you know, all of these things, but the body, I mean, it comes up all the time. Like that's every woman's experience. It's a, it's some, it's like every other week, you know, for some people or every other day or at one hour of every day, like it just, we're all faced with it often and just feeling that feeling like, oh, I'm not in the mood because of what I look like or how I perceive that I look like. And you had some really beautiful things to say about why the best time to have sex is when you are feeling that way. And I would love for you to mm -hmm. share that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know I said that. Well, oh, you didn't know you said that? Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure you said that. Oh, no, you said that. Well, I'll tell you the part. I'll tell you the part that had me. I'm like walking down the sidewalk and like get it into my feels in a major way. You were basically saying that you, like when you're in that moment of feeling like, ooh, I'm gross or I feel fat today or whatever, and I don't want to have sex because of that, that is such an opportunity and an invitation to, like it's something in you telling you that you really need to be seen in that mm -hmm. moment that way by the person who loves you. And so like mm -hmm. just being in your body and like allowing yourself to be like fat in front of them and like cry and feel however you need to feel and like letting them love you anyway. And just like feeling really empowered in that moment. And that had a lot to do, like you had connected that with that ability to, you know, basically, um, fuck life, which we're going to talk about. That's what all your mm -hmm. book is about. Um, and yeah. it just was, yeah, that was just like, yeah. it got I me. think that's how that is like a really big part of how I live it's like you don't wait until you're ready you don't it's there's a bit of the healing of the shadow of the perfectionist there right that is like a modern woman kind of code that so many of us have have inherited I mean we grew up looking at magazines that are like fix your, fix your hair fix your teeth fix your nose fix your this fix your smell I mean, we've literally been mm -hmm. putting on deodorant and eye, you know, uh, like shadow and hair, this and that, all of these things, some of which are really beautiful ways to adorn ourselves and some of which are like letter ways that we're trying to fix ourselves and essentially probably get love. And so if you think about it, it's like we do live in a very perfectionist society towards women. Men are not asked to do that. They stink more and they're hairier more and like they you know like, a couple of lbs they yeah, yeah so it's like but as women we're like supposed to like have the baby and then get the baby body back immediately right like and then the celebs are praised for that on the magazine look at her she got her baby body back oh my god men are not you know men are glorified like old and gray and you know he's a silver fox you know yeah. like he's amazing so the <laughs> so, so essentially this makes this a radical and a political thing 
if as a woman you still love yourself even when you're sort of fat or sort of like not at not in agreement with the beauty or cultural uh, standards so that in itself becomes like a radical act to love yourself even if you're not kind of fitting into those standards and then the second piece of that is not only to love yourself as such as uncomfortable as that might be it might literally feel like you're pulling teeth you know because you're like i fucking i'm so fucking bloated and gross right now but you're like and i'm gonna love myself anyway you know like <laughs> you're like and i i will not lose this fight you know i will not lose this fight because this is me losing this fight like for for like against women all time like for hundreds and thousands of years and it's like it's a racial fight and it's a political fight and and so in that one little sliver of a moment where you choose to love yourself instead of think that you're like fat or weird or gross disgusting or whatever or not sexy you're changing changing culture you're changing society you're changing um the way you interact with the world you're changing the way you speak to the world and essentially like that i do believe has an effect and then the part two of that would be bringing that into your partnership so imagine now you're like yeah fuck it i'm gonna like love my body as is even though it doesn't fit into what i've been told is okay and then you bring that into the bedroom and you let yourself be seen by potentially you know, man, woman, whatever, but by a man, it makes it actually kind of feel the most kind of radical and political because it's, you know, like if you're a woman who has been sort of indoctrinated into the beliefs of this is how you're lovable to men, right? Yeah. And I've been with men and, and women and non-binary people. So I will say I've had different experiences. I do think that when I'm in the moment with a man, with a cis man, and I'm loving myself and showing my body, even if it's cellulite or my belly is pooched or whatever, that if I like let myself be seen and loved and that way there's like a real big healing that happens. Mm. It's uncomfortable at first because like I want to suck my belly in maybe and I want to like arch my back a little or I want to like try to like fit into some idea that's been conditioned into me and to not takes a lot of courage you know and it takes and then if you can have the courage to love yourself and then to show up and present that self that you're now getting used to loving even though she doesn't quite fit into all the boxes and she's not perfect etc etc if you can then have the courage to then share her with a partner and not be thrown out of the bedroom then then there's great healing there and transformation. And then you've kind of like gained points in life. You know, you're kind of like, it's like Super Mario Brothers where it's like, ding, 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 ding. It's like, okay, like your sort of radiance, your magnetism, your power just got bigger because you're like loving yourself as is. And then that you walk through the world like way more sort of, you know, in tune with life. You know, you give less fucks and you're just like more accepting of yourself. And then you're just more charismatic and magnetic, you know, so... I look at those moments as like there's so much potential in them it's not really just about that moment i'm like this is about the greater myth of my life and also how that interacts with the collective you know and so if i can have the courage to do this for myself right now i'm sending a message you know 
to myself, to the man in front of me, to the child that I might have, to my friends. Like it doesn't even have to be a literal message that you've told all of them. Hey guys. It's an energetic just, message. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, um, here's the memo. Catch it. <laughs> but yeah, those moments are really powerful. And it's like, mm. we can retrain ourselves in such deep ways in those moments. It's like in real time is when we make the changes are in those moments. Yeah. Mm. So you just said something that like triggered another thought. So last week here on the podcast, I shared a really meaningful episode to me. It was, I had asked all of my like closest girlfriends who have turned 30 or transcended 30 to like, just send me a voice memo of like a, a lesson or an experience or some, you know, something profound about turning 30. Like if they had some, something happen, you know, a lot of people say that there is. And so if they experienced something, I just, I wanted to know about it. And they all kind of sent in these different little snips of like what was going on in their life when they hit 30. And yeah. like one of the things that was like a through line was like, yeah, I just, you know, no more fucks. There was no more. There were, you know, I like stopped, I stopped with all of that. It like was a very like freeing, liberating moment for yeah. a lot of them. And I know you're in your thirties and you said you were 36. So you said. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was wondering just like on that line is what happened for you, like around your Saturn return, that first one, mm. like, did you, what experiences were you having? It was a pretty powerful time for me. I was living in New York City and I had written a film script that had gotten into a bunch of labs and I had a producer who was like a Sundance producer. And then I had, I met my former creative collaborator by like a kind of twist of destiny. And we, um, came to LA and, you know, this is when I think I was 28. So came to LA, I quit my nanny job and we did ayahuasca and then we wrote this web show and the web show did really well. And it was featured in like Vogue and the New Yorker and the London Times. And we got agents at Creative Artists Agency, CAA. And um, we were like in the hot zone we were having meetings all over New York. It was like something out of a movie, you know, just like getting in a cab and cocktails here with Courtney Love and over here with so-and-so's agent and, da -da 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 -da. and like, you know, we thought we were hot shit, like dinner with the head of Vice. And then we went and did this um, documentary with Vice where we worked, went and lived and worked at this truck stop strip club in New Mexico. And we were like, super like, we don't give a fuck. Like we're going to run through Walmart in our underwear and shut off fireworks and meditate in the parking lot with curlers in our hair and hitchhike with truckers and shoot machine guns. And I mean, I've actually never felt so free in my life. I was just totally free. I'm also reckless in certain ways. Um, but we were having so much fun. We just believed in ourselves and our art. It was really, truly living. You know, there was a shadow, of course, but it was living. Um, and at that time, simultaneously, my mother went through a big mental health crisis and was institutionalized, lost her job, got bankrupt, foreclosure. It was just a very, very intense time. So while all this beauty was happening in my career and like wild, fun magic, um, my mother was going through this really tough time and um, kind of had to choose, like, am I going to go home and be with her and like take care of her? Or am I going to keep f fulfilling my dream? And I didn't go home. I stayed in New York and um, that was a tough decision, you know, and it kind of split us apart for quite a while. And it took a while to repair. I think 
maybe three years ago it's like when we kind of we took a few years we were quite distant you know we weren't not talking but um so i think that like that was one part of the Saturn's return kind of moment was me and my mother's relationship got put through like a dishwasher. Was that the right decision for you? Though like now looking back, yeah. did you make the right decision? I did. Yeah. That's I passed the test. Yeah. <laughs> Cause part of it was that we were super enmeshed, you know, mother, daughter, yeah. like single mom, daughter. Um, <clears throat> and so part of that whole process, I think was my individuation to use a Jungian term. And so, um, if I had gone home and sort of gray gardened it with her, mm. I might've abandoned what I had created in New York. And I just was like, fuck, no, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, but that took, that took like, that took like a chainsaw. Yeah. And it was, it was like a chainsaw moment. Mm. Um, so there was a lot of repair between us that needed to happen, but those years were, they were deep and hard and gorgeous and they were intense, you know, and my, I was in a few relationships that were tough and then I was in a long-term relationship that was really beautiful. And I, I could say that that was probably the most grounded part of those two years was being in that relationship. But what the, the Saturn's return sort of shot me out the other side at age 31, I think is when it kind of like fully came down. Yeah. And that's when I, decided to start working with women 101 as a coach and a mentor and kind of pivot into from like this very hollywood centric career into this healing and spirituality and that in itself took like a huge leap of faith because i thought oh my god everyone in hollywood is gonna think i'm a nut like totally thought like that I'm like a coach now how embarrassing is that you know <laughs> um and so I was like ah but I I was like I have to do it and I was broke at the time so there was like a real impetus to do it um and then I did and the doors opened really quickly it didn't mean that the first few years were easy like the transition from my New York life pre-Saturn's or during Saturn's return to post was a hard transition. I left all my friends in New York. I left this cute little scene and the party vibes that I was in. I left my former creative collaborator who was also like a spiritual like soul sister. And there was just like a huge splitting apart of all, like it was the tower card and the tarot. And um, so that was not easy. That was like probably like, yeah, really hard years. Um, but during that time, I established a business and established my work that I'm doing now. And it kind of happened quickly. I mean, I'm not sure how, like what the kind of spectrum is for what's quick and not, but it was pretty quick that I got um, clients and like a write-up in the New York Times and a book deal. And so I thought, you know, I think the gods are telling me that like, you're on the right path. Done it. Yeah. 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 Keep going this way. <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah no that's incredible thank you for for sharing that that's been just something that i find i mean i think when you're in women's work too it's a lot of it is you're so connected to the to the collective and to that energy and i think it's been really um nurturing for me to collect to collect to connect to that energy with all of the women like around me and especially the women that i respect who you know are 
moving through their life and fucking like a goddess. So I want to segue into your beautiful book because I, I love how you describe, like you kind of recalibrate the word fuck for everyone. And I would love to hear, you know, how, like where that came, how that came about your explanation of that. And then I just, I want you to describe to the listeners, like what you mean by fucking like a goddess. Cause it's not a sex act according to you. <laughs> yeah. it, could, it could be, but it it's could not be. all that it, it is. Yeah. So I love the word fuck because there's just like power behind it. There's like transgression behind it. There's erotic behind it. Like there's so many layers to that word. If you were like peeling it apart, like a, you know, like imagining like a French pastry with like a bunch of layers, you know, and it's just like all of those things like transgression and fun and anger and like erotic. And so that the word itself is a really fun word. And when I think about like having sex as a terminology or lovemaking, they don't really speak to my body somatically in the same way as the word fuck or physiologically, right? The me word either. fuck actually, actually activates me in a way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, and I liked pairing that with the word goddess because the word goddess implies like a female God, you know, and, and a female divine, divine feminine entity. And so it's like to put the profane and the sacred together is a big part of my path is like, like really reminding people that they're one in the same, you know, and that, that it's like that puritanical, um, gaze of of like um you know judeo-christian sort of um uh, you know mythos or or the the lexicon of of that that's taught that's taught us that um that that sacred and profane are so different and that they're um there's a great split between them right and you have to choose it's kind of like you know, you're a bad girl or a good girl. And yeah. so essentially I put them together of like, you're a bad girl and you're a good girl, you're sacred and you're profane, you're holy and you're, you know, dirty or whatever. And um, so that dichotomy is important for me. And then um, I like that the word fuck has so many different meanings where you can be like, fuck it, you know, yeah. it's just like, leave it. Right. Yeah. Or you can be like, fuck you meaning like i hate you or you can be like fuck me like come fuck me make love to me or you can be like you know um i don't give a fuck so there's like yeah. so many different meanings mm-hmm. in that word but you feel them immediately like no matter no matter how you use it same word over and over people know exactly where you're at and what you mean the second yeah. that you say it yeah. yeah so i think like in that i say in the book i'm just like all of that is in the word fuck like a goddess it's like fuck off it's like fuck me it's like i don't give a fuck right so um so it's way more than just like having sex like a goddess otherwise i would call it that having yeah. sex, like, have a goddess, sex but... like a goddess it doesn't have the same punch to it no. a well a well-placed <laughs> fuck is it's it's poignant but you know, I say in the beginning, I'm like, fucking like a goddess is truly being like, fuck, like just letting it in, letting it out, letting life make love to you, like making love to your shame and your pain and just going, come here. Like fucking like a goddess is being not being afraid of life. It's surrendering to the great flow. It's like being a part of nature where it's like, 
a rainbow and a storm and all of this. And I'm not the first person to like compare, you know, nature and, and, and the changing weather, of course, to the magnificence of like um, the variations of being a feminine woman or a woman or a, a goddess or whatever. So, but I love that, you know, nature is just like everything. She's like, disgusting and carnal and like feral and also so delicate you know like the most delicate little little bit of snow and then like you know 10 animals like tearing apart a baby lamb you know and that's uh, there's nothing wrong with that we put an idea on that that that's wrong and that's hard for us to wrap our heads around that there's actually like nature knows better than us yeah and we've ascribed like morality yeah yeah Mm. so there's a surrender to that like fucking like a goddess is just it's really getting on board with that that notion of like you know i'm part of a bigger picture i'm not going to be a perfectionist i'm gonna like let life fuck me open and that's that's a very kind of david data i love david data yeah (laughs) absolutely (laughs) so i'm sure he's not the first person to use the word fuck like that but he's definitely influenced Mm -hmm. me a lot (laughs) oh yeah the thought of being fucked to god is like yes thank you i'll take that and stick it under my husband's pillow and hope for the best be careful what you wish for i know it's true we i had him read um way of the superior man and it's so funny because well i read dear lover as well and we'll have to go we'll have to go back and do it again because i think like i was fresh on my like train and i gave it to him when he was like 26 27 maybe and it's on our bookshelf and it was like the the thing he got from it which i loved but the main thing he got from it is when i'm being when i'm being super bitchy he'll come up to me and he'll put his arms around me he goes shh I'm giving you my masculine energy. I'm giving, I'm giving you my positive energy. And then some days he's like, I gave, I gave you all the positive energy I have and you still don't feel better. So I'm not sure what to do. I need to check in with David. And I'm like, okay, well. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well positive so, energy is very different. Masculine energy or masculine yeah. presence. But different you know, don't things. teach him that. He'll have to figure that out on his own. Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, I don't think I, I don't think I can teach him that. I think when that's embodied with them, like that's something, it's like a journey they have to go on. Like for themselves, 100%. So he's in his 30s now, I'm sure. He'll come back around. He's magical. (laughs) I'm not not down on Mike, guys. Like Mike is the bomb.com. I just thought that was poignant since we're talking about David Dita. Um, Yeah, but back to your book. (laughs) (laughs) So you have a lot of, this is like a almost, I mean, it's like a field guide to fucking like a woman, uh, like a goddess. It's got like exercises and things to like help people help us figure out like how to get into this like embodied state and and all of that can you share like what some not what they are like I want people to dive in really deep but like what is one that you feel is really really poignant maybe for the collective feminine right now if Mm. that Mm -hmm. well one of my favorites is and it's kind of a lighter one but I love it is like I had this this practice that I called surrender Saturdays where on Saturdays I would like really try to um transform my energy from like get shit done Alexandra during the week who's like runs two businesses and keeps the emails flowing and like goes to the gym and all that stuff and then I'd be like 
Well, I would try to just transition into like gorgeous, graceful sex goddess, like at the end of the day. And I would realize like, okay, I can do that. But like, it would really be helpful if I'd had one day a week where I actually stayed there. Mm-hmm. Right? Not just 20 minutes where, because if you look at your state of being, it's like, what flavor are you right now? You know, and it's like, your podcast, you, mm-hmm. right? Your cute yeah. personality, keeping mm-hmm. people on their toes. Like Chipotle salsa, like right now. Like it's yeah. 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 (laughs) Nobody wants Chipotle salsa all the time. (laughs) No, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to feel like you're going to get bored of yourself. So so it's like most people don't think about this stuff. It's not a luxury. Anybody can do it. It's free. It's just making life more exhilarating and magnificent and artful. So, um, you know, care how many kids you have or how many jobs you have. You know, it's like you have the ability to craft something gorgeous out of your being. And it's lazy and casual to just be in always the same Chipotle, right? So it's like, I, you know, for your kids, for your friends, for your partner. So I had this practice surrender Saturdays where on Saturday, I'd commit to taking a whole day and being outside of my normal flavor, so to speak. Um, And so like if my week I was like, you know, busy emails, going to Pilates, on that Saturday, I'd get offline. I'd slow down. I'd start the day with like a breath work or some sort of a thing. I would wear different clothes. I would um, have like some sort of like cacao or tea ceremony or mushrooms or even just like sitting outside ceremony, just sitting with the the sea, Um, something right? Going into nature, having a picnic, doing something to hopefully shift your normal mind space into something else. Um, And in the book, I give some little recommendations. You know, I I think you can choose what kind of flavor you want to practice. Like in this last few years, when I left New York, I was like, oh my God, like I want to feel into these different parts of my feminine being that have gotten so like neglected. And so I would like watch movies of Penelope Cruz and just look at her and be like, God, I love watching her femininity. She's just like, she makes you want to drool. Yeah. You know, and um, I love studying women and understanding how different textures and qualities move through them and how, you know, we really do all have access to that gorgeous sensuality. You don't have to have the facial features that she has, you know. Um, in order to learn how to embody grace or um, eroticism or poise or, you know, beauty in different ways. And so do you use archetypes in your work? What? Do you use archetypes in your work? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like feelings more, but I do like archetypes. Archetypes Mm -hmm. are more heady and I like Jungian specifically Mm -hmm. archetypes, but I like to feel like what feels like it's calling me. Like what feeling is calling me and where have I felt that feeling before? Oh, I, f- I felt that when I watched Bertolucci's The Dreamers. Okay, cool. What is that feeling? Oh, it's like this like sort of Parisian, like fashion-y, but like fucked up feeling. Oh, okay, cool. Like that turns me on. Okay, cool. So where else could I feel that besides like watching The Dreamers? Okay, mm-hmm. well, maybe reading Jean Genet. So like I follow on the trail of my eros. You know, my Eros, E-E-R-O-S, Eros, like, I'm like watching it walk down the street and I'm like, oh, where's it taking me next? 
next, you know, and at different phases of my life, it'll take me different places, you know, in terms of what turns me on and what lights me up. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So surrender Saturdays to turn your phone off, put on a gorgeous dress or a kimono, have a self-pleasure practice, take a bath, you know, um, put on a, make a dreamy playlist and dance naked in the mirror, do something to get out of your normal headspace. And it better feel a little bit weird. Otherwise it's probably too normal for you. <laughs> do Chipotle. I want to get you like get Chipotle out of here. <laughs> like a, I don't know, like a, like a chocolate mousse. Like, oh my God. I was about to say chocolate mousse. That's not even funny. <laughs> same, same, same vibe. Oh my same goodness. Vibe. Same wave. <laughs> chocolate mousse is exactly what I was thinking of. I'm like going to be fantasizing about that later too. Oh my gosh. I am just like, I'm so excited for your book. I'm so excited to give it to people, um, as a gift because it's just one of those, I mean, for all of the reasons, like because of the substance, because of the shock value when they get it and they're like, wait a second, what did you just give me? Like all of that tied in is going to be so wonderful. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. The last thing that I'm feeling like I need to ask you about is because I know that a lot of single women listen to this show and you share some very, um, and throughout your work, this isn't, your book is not the first place that you've shared about this, obviously, but bringing conscious embodiment to our liberation. That's something that I talk to my, to our sexual Mm. liberation. That's something I talk with my single friends about a lot where you hit a certain age, you've done a certain amount of self-work, you have a certain amount of awareness and you're like, okay, I, I want to be an evolved like woman. I also am like sexually healed and liberated, but I don't always know what that looks like when it comes to like still having sex because I enjoy mm-hmm. having sex, but I don't want to be, you know, I don't want it to be unconscious sex, but I also don't yeah. want one night stands anymore. And like you've done, you've like shared a lot of really powerful things around this. And I would just love to have you speak to that for my yeah. single ladies out there. You know, unfortunately I don't think there's a one size fits all formula and I wish there fucking was because I mean it would be easier for all of us and there are different people that have different kind of standards of like follow the moment follow your heart like don't do it do you know all these things so I honestly think it's like investigating your shadows enough so that you know am I having sex because I'm trying to get approval because I'm trying to get love um you know am I dating this person like because I think I should be and that those moments, what's really helpful is to have a coach or a mentor or a therapist or your friends and community call you out because sometimes it's really hard. The area of love and relationship is a hard place um, for us to all to see, you know, some of our unconscious patterns. Um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful place to call them into light. So it's like shying away from deep connection doesn't really give us the opportunity to feel deeply and to heal deeply. And I think a lot of people just kind of stay on the edges and they're like date a lot of different people and like just kind of no one really wants to open up deep. And so I'm always like, I'd rather open up deeply than not at all. Even if it means I have some cleanup to do in my heart in a sense, because, oh my God, there's so much that came to the surface and now I like can't hold myself through this and da, 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 da. like that's hard. It's really hard, but 
if you were, if, if you think about the last day of your life and you're about to die, I mean, would you rather have loved big even and gotten hurt or been like, fuck, I held back, you know? Yeah. So that being said, it's like that with discernment and clarity and checking in with yourself and talking to people around you to be like, fuck, am I in my shadows? Am I in denial? Am I in shame? Am I in guilt? Am I in needing love? Am I in my childhood wound? It, you know, it's just such a big, deep fault and there's really no one size fits all. So I always tell women and tell myself, get to know myself and then moment to moment feeling, how do I feel right now? How do I feel now? Deciding from the head just doesn't work. I don't think for the feminine heart. It's like, okay, this is what I want. ABC in my list. I will not go after him if he does not have all these things and I'm only going to have sex after the seventh day. Like, I just, I don't think that stuff works personally. Yeah. No, we laugh all the time about how like not shaving your legs has never kept anyone from having sex. You just end up having sex with really hairy legs. So it's like, you have to get, you need a stronger motivator than that. (laughs) You need a stronger motivation than that um, at some point. (laughs) Well, I, I feel like the perfect, um, sentiment to end around because I do, I really love, and I'm so grateful for you just like showing up in the space for all of the work that you do here. And, for the book and for all of the gifts that you bring, you know, to all of us, but this dichotomy, this like back and forth between like, you know, mother Mary and like mother and Mary Magdalene and that, like trying Mm -hmm. to reconcile our whole selves and those like pieces of us. And you had said, um, from monastery to strip club, I have found paths to healing, divine healing, um, and awakening shining through and through. Mm. And I, I just, I loved that. I was like, I mean, monasteries, strip clubs, like you get the whole, get the whole gambit in there. (laughs) And I just, I love that you um, fearlessly embrace like both of those sides. And I could literally, literally talk to you forever. There's so much other stuff. There's so many things that I was like, there's no way to actually fit this in here. So I will have to have you back one day so we can get into, um, you know, like beauty privilege and all kinds of other Mm. stuff. But I would love, like, what is just, I don't know, like, what is something about this book, like, from you to all of the readers that you just want Mm. them to know before they, like, start the first page? Mm. Well, I hope that it's, like, a a fire that lights you up. You know, I really, my goal in writing it was that people don't even have to do any of the exercises in it, but that just by reading it, they get lit and they feel inspired and they feel awake and alive. And, um... So that's my, my hope is that you just pick it up and you read it and you just let it, let it open you and fire you up to be like, fuck yeah, I want to live my life and I want to love big and I want to have gorgeous love making and I want to speak up and I want to not be asleep in this gorgeous opportunity of living that I've been given. Like, fuck yeah. Like that's my, what my hope. <laughs> yeah. That's, Yeah. I don't think anything else. I don't think anything needs to be added to that. Um, where can people find you, follow you, um, lightly stalk you and admire <laughs> your work and learn from you? <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram at Alexandra Roxo, R-O-X-O. And my website is alexandraroxo.com. And you can buy Fuck Like a Goddess on Amazon or Barnes and Noble IndieBound or Sounds True through the publisher. And um, yeah, please let me know how you like it. Share it, tag it, take a photo of it. I'll repost it. I would love to just see you interacting with the book and to meet you as well. Mm. Alexandra, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like hand on my heart for 
being here and for having this conversation and for leading and loving in the fearless, messy, gorgeous way that you do. I'm just so grateful for you and, and your light. Hey, thank you so much for hanging in there and listening with an open and curious heart. I hope this conversation has inspired, educated, and entertained you, or at the very least, shaken things up in a productive way. Ann Voskamp says that shame dies when stories are told in safe places. So please share, rate, and review. Sending you love and dark chocolate. Talk soon.